From Geek Historical Society, I'm Jordan Turner, and this is The Three E's. On today's show, we have Susan Escalante, as her grandchildren know, know her, Mima, and Susan uses YouTube to read stories to her grandchildren and the world. That's right. My name is Susan Escalante, as he said, and um, I am Mima. I'm a grandma and a mom. And of course, um, I have a bunch of grandchildren, <laughs> and when they moved away, to another state, I, I really wanted to help them foster a love and nurture their, uh, nurture their desire to have um, you know, more education and more reading and more literacy. So I decided to start a YouTube channel for them. And since then, I opened it to the public and many people have, uh, I think I have about 11,000 views and uh, my second most popular country is North Korea, excuse me, South Korea. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so a lot of people are listening and getting little notes from all over the world about how they appreciate it. And it's really great. It's great to have that opportunity to share with them um, a way to help them become more educated. That's really cool. You said 11,000 views. Yes, I started in 2015. So for 2015, 11,000 views is not a lot when you're talking about super uh, superhero YouTubers. But for somebody who just put up a few uh, stories, I think that's pretty decent. Okay, so what are you doing now? Uh, I know you have a new, um, a new convention that you're doing. Or it's not very new, is it? How long have you been doing the convention? Right, so I help with Pop Culture Convention, which has been around since 2016. Uh, we started in Spanish Fork, down just in the, on the fairgrounds. We've been twice in Pleasant Grove at the Elevate Event Center, which is just west of doTERRA. Oh, okay. And then last, yeah, and then last year we were at the Utah Valley Convention Center in Provo on the third floor. And provided we don't have to postpone or cancel, we will be there again this year at the end of May. We'll, we'll see because, you know, things are changing daily and who knows if the government will say, just kidding, it's now two months of quarantine type stuff instead of eight weeks. Right. We're living in interesting times, but you know what, even if they push it back a month, can you still do it? I think you could still manage that, right? I'd have to definitely look at all the analytics and stuff and talk with the team, but there's a possibility that if we need to postpone, it might, might be in the uh, might be better for us just due to how the economy is going and everyone. Okay, so you got to look at things and make a decision based on all of the facts. Okay, cool. Uh, and what is the pop culture um, convention about? What, what do you guys do when you have that? So we, we are very similar to a comic convention, which means that we bring in celebrity guests from around the country. Uh, for instance, this year we have lined up the voice actor of Porky the Pig. <laughs> yeah, his name is Bob Bergen, and he actually, this month, he celebrates 30 years as the voice actor. No way. Porky the yep. Pig. How fun is that? <laughs> and then we also have lined up the voice actress of Naruto. That is a, in the anime world, is rather well known. Um, she's been, since the first English aired episode, she's been on there since the beginning she's still doing it that's like oh i don't even know how many seasons that is but she's been doing it ever since wow we also have we have jackson bostwick who was actually the original captain marvel from the tv show shazam 
Oh, fun. I remember Shazam. Fun. So provided we don't have to cancel or postpone, because if we postpone, that might some of the celebrities might not be able to attend at a later date just because of their schedules. Oh. But, but you know, fingers crossed that if we do postpone, that these celebrity guests will still be able to attend. But yeah, having Jackson with us, I think would be great because it definitely does. It works with the the older generations. You know, like I didn't grow up uh, watching that series, but uh, you, you just mentioned you, right, you right. know it at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we have a total of 12 guests lined up and it's, it's all on the website, just popcultureconvention.com. If anyone is interested, they can at least go on there and see the full lineup as well as some of our past celebrities. That's awesome. So uh, what kind of attendance have you been getting at your uh, convention? Definitely fulfilled the title of small business, just because our attendance level has been less than 500. For us, you know, every year we have grown, which is great. We're still trying things out, trying to figure, you know, the right marketing strategies and everything. You know, there are other events within Utah as well as within the, the region you know, that we are that have a bigger presence on social media. So sometimes our, our posts get a little lost, unfortunately, just, you know, especially right now with, with the, the coronavirus and the earthquake that we just had, everything is just getting lost. That's all I'm seeing are those two things on right. my feeds. That's true. That's true. It'll be hard. But you know, uh, many, many good things have started with a small, um, a small audience and grown to be huge. So if, so the, I think the key is just to stick with it and be consistent and eventually it'll get where you uh, would like it to be a little bit bigger. But um, you have 500 uh, attendees, but they're all dedicated. They're dedicated to enjoying the topic. So that, that's the, that's, there's a lot to be said for that. That's awesome. Some of the feedback that we have gotten is that they, they've enjoyed that we happen to be smaller. Uh-huh. You know, from a business standpoint, it's like, well, is that a good thing? Because we definitely want to grow, you know, and be bigger, be well more known. But then from an attendee standpoint, it's like, well, we, we like it because there, yes, there are less people, but that means I can enjoy the event at a better pace. I don't feel crowded. I don't feel like a sardine in a can. And it, it has also given our attendees an opportunity to have more time with our celebrity guests. Yes, yes, and a more, and it's the same thing when you're attending a concert. You know, if you go to an intimate concert in somebody's backyard, it's much more enjoyable than if you're sitting in a, you know, a huge arena with ten thousand other people. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I can see that totally. So, uh, and aside from celebrity guests, we do host panels or presentations. We uh, almost anyone can sign up for that, and they just they pick a topic that's usually related to pop culture, and they'll present about an hour or so on the topic, sometimes the Q&As, there might be uh, interaction with the audience. I know we've had topics about like, the movie's better than the book, uh -huh. instead of, you know, the book's better than the movie, and you know, <laughs> Harry Potter, and just all sorts of topics, because it really does work well with our name, you know, pop culture convention, so we can do almost anything. I, I might even be interested in being a, a speaker, because... Um... Because, you know, I, I'm a little bit older, obviously, and I've had many different pop cultures as I've grown, as I as I've become an adult. The one that pops in my mind, I, I don't know if this might be history, the history, you know, fun, the history of pop culture. And because I'm thinking of Andy Warhol, I mean, Andy Warhol's way before you were born, but a lot of people will remember, and plus he had really cool stuff. And then uh, there was an artist named Peter Max that was around during the Beatles, who also contributed to pop culture. And, you know, there are just a lot of things that I could speak to. So maybe, maybe I 
maybe I'll apply for that. <laughs> yeah, just the popcultureconvention.com slash schedule. Uh-huh. And there should be a button towards the top of the page that says sign up or something like that. And then it'll take you to the corresponding form. But yeah, that I think that would be a good topic. I don't think we've had one such as that, you know, kind of the history of pop culture or, you know, living through different or, you know, eras, if you will. I have heard of Andy Warhol just because I took art history classes in college. Uh-huh. So, you know, I've seen some of his artwork, but yeah, I, I personally did not grow up with that artwork. Right, right. Well, you might take a look at Peter Max and also um, Maxfield Parrish. Oh my gosh, I love his paintings. So you might check him out too. Um, I wanted to ask you a few questions about your YouTube channel. Sure, happy to. You said you started it mostly for the grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And then what encouraged you to make it public? Okay, well, you know, our society is suffering a lot right now with people who are, um, you know, taking their own lives. And, uh, and, and you look at, and it's just across the board as far as demographics. It's, it's not just one demographic of people who are doing that. And I thought, you know, what if, what if children could feel love? All they need, you know, most people, all they need is at least one person to love them. But what if they come from a really crummy household where it's really dysfunctional, where their mom is absent, their dad is who knows where, and they don't really have a grandma around or an auntie or, you know. So what if there are people, kids like that? And we know there are, right? We already know that there are. So I thought a lot of kids are on YouTube. And this was before YouTube for kids. So I started before YouTube for kids. So I thought, well, if I could just, you know, at least read them a story. And at the end, I always tell them, I love you so that they feel a little bit of love, at least from somebody, even though I'm a stranger someplace else, but little kids sometimes don't differentiate between whether I know this person or I don't know this person, but if they can just feel a little bit of love, kind of like what Mr. Rogers did for a lot of his audiences, you know, he just made them feel special, made them feel like everything in their life is, is might be hard right now, but it'll be okay. It'll be okay. And, the, and that people can, uh, kids can learn to love themselves. So that's kind of the underlying reason that I wanted to make it uh, public. So for those kids, I hope they find it. I hope um, somebody will share it with them. That's why. I'm glad that that was your reasoning. Because I know some people are like, oh, I'll make a YouTube for the money or the fame. But I like your reasoning is that, as you said, like Mr. Rogers, and I grew up with Mr. Rogers too, that you do it for the love. And you know, I didn't monetize my my YouTube channel at all. It's not it's not monetized right now at all. At all, but uh, for me. But I think that YouTube is now putting in ads into everybody's uh, from their end. But initially, I was able to tell people, "Hey, you can watch mine, and you won't get interrupted by any ads or any advertising whatsoever." I hope it's the same way. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it works the same way anymore. <laughs> That's good. That's good. It's like with Bob Ross. Uh, my understanding is that. He did all his episodes for free, and any money that was generated went right back to the studio. Awesome. You say you have 11,000 views over the past five or six years, but how has the, I guess, the impact of your channel been towards your viewers? Have they reached out to you with such things? Yes, I have received messages from viewers. Um, Sometimes it will be a a young mom, or sometimes it will be um, just a young person. Okay, the audience for you for this YouTube channel is is going, you know, is little kids from ages eight and down. Zero, uh, the babies like to watch it too, so zero to eight. But obviously, they cannot write me a note, or they don't know how to write a note. But I've had 
uh, messages from outside the country, from people, you can tell because of their English and sometimes they have their profile picture and their location. And they, they're younger, they're maybe like 12, 11, 12, 13, and they're able to write. And so they write a little note that says, Mima, I love you so much or whatever. So I've had several of those notes and that's very encouraging because like, oh good, people are enjoying it and watching it. So, and getting the message that I love them. So I like that. Yeah, that's good to hear. You mentioned that a majority of your audience is in South Korea. No, not the majority. The majority is in the United States and uh, Canada and Australia. But then, okay. uh, but it it goes back and forth between um, England and and South Korea for like the third place. I haven't looked at the numbers for a while, but that's how I had been going for a while. So. Do you think for perhaps like? the countries like South Korea where English isn't the main language, do you think they might be using this as educational, like to learn English? Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure of it. Initially, when I first had more time, when I first started the channel, I contacted some, I mean, I didn't have any communication with schools in South Korea, but I found a few online. And of course I don't read Korean, so I kind of just guessed about, you know, when you get to the page that says you can send us a message, I would just throw in all the information about the YouTube channel. And I think that's what happened is that some of the schools were like, hey, this is a person that's a native English speaker. Maybe we can use this in our classroom. So I think maybe that's how it happened. That's cool. Yeah, with technology nowadays, there's just so much you can learn, even just from YouTube. You can learn anything, really. I mean, I have a friend who she found herself being a single mom and she's repairing her own washing machine just from watching YouTube channels. You know, people repair cars or build things just from watching YouTube channels. So technology is amazing. I love that. I love YouTube. I really, <laughs> I, I mean, they didn't have it when I was young. And so to me, it's like a miracle. I know everybody else grew up with it, but to me, it's like the coolest thing. It's better than encyclopedias because you have real people talking to you. You can usually send a message and ask a question. And it is the second biggest search engine in the world. So pretty awesome. Let me guess. Google's number one? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So with you mentioned encyclopedias. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever, I've, I think I've seen them, but I don't think I've ever used them. <laughs> okay. When I was growing up, um, we had a set of encyclopedias because education and knowledge was very important to my father. So he would provide us with, you know, a lot of tools um, that I think maybe some parents don't think about. And whenever I had downtime, I mean, this is ridiculous now to think of it, but I would take the dictionary or an encyclopedia and just read. And so I would just build my vocabulary from the dictionary or I would just read from the encyclopedia just from random. I would just open it up and start reading just to learn something different. So that was fun. I've tried reading a dictionary before. I didn't get very far. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite part about this whole you being able to create a YouTube channel that is not only helping your grandchildren, but appears to be helping people across the world? My favorite part is, is, is hoping is mostly just hoping that, you know, somebody's life is being improved and that I'm bringing light and, uh, and hope to somebody. That's my, that's my favorite part. Well, I have a young son. I will, def I'll have to uh, watch a video or two with him to see okay. if he, to see if he likes it. He has a short attention span, but you know, he's a little, he's three. So that's why, <laughs> you know, you know, the, it, during his, uh, closer to four, I don't know how, if he's three and a half, but between three and a half and four and a half, it seemed to be like the sweet age for that. So yeah, let, I'd be interested to hear if he enjoyed it or not. Can I ask you a couple of questions? 
Oh yeah, go ahead. Okay, so um, is your pop culture con? Is it is it uh, your is it your livelihood? Is it your job? Is that what you do all the time? It's my livelihood, but it's not my job. I, I guess let me explain that a little better. Since I started it, it's kind of been it's been another child. Like I've enjoyed being able to plan these events, working with the people, seeing the people's positive reactions, you know, and comments about the events and how they've enjoyed it. Uh, but since, as we mentioned earlier in the pod, in the podcast, that our attendance is lower, thus our revenue is lower, and un- we're unable to pay any of the um, the team members, including myself. So as of right now, myself and my team, we're all volunteers at this point. You know, we're volunteering our time to be able to plan and communicate with everyone and just get it to be as best as we can. Awesome. Awesome. So um, do you have a big family right now or a little family? What? So I have one, one son and we are expecting our second son in June. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. New babies are so fun. <laughs> Yes. Well, we'll see because uh, my first son, he grew so fast and decided to basically skip the baby stage. So, <laughs> not fair. Yeah. <laughs> no, not fair to my wife. So we'll see if, if baby number two slows down. That would be nice. <laughs> okay. And then um, I wondered if you have long-term plans with the pop culture con. So are you hoping to just continue with it till it grows and grows? Or what, what are your plans in the future for that? So we'll definitely have to see how this year pans out, just given, you know, the current economic situation and everything. But the end goal is to just keep growing and be able to improve and innovate from event to event so that we can get provide more and better reasons for people to come. Yeah, that's a good plan. I like it. Are you going to keep it local in Utah or what are your thoughts in the future? Yeah, so right. So right now we are, we've always been in Utah County. As far as I foresee that we'll stay here in Utah County, we'll have to see if we uh, are bursting at the seams at the convention center, because the next, next size up is the this one in Sandy, the Mountain America Expo Center. And then from there, it's the Salt Palace. We'll have to see how well that works, you know, size wise. Uh, as for like going to other states or other countries, I think that'd be cool. But we, ha- we need to stay local just to be able to build that base, that, you know, the foundation and revenue and so forth. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. And plus, then everybody knows it's always going to be in one place and they can just plan their trips that way. You know, yes. just, I mean, what might be good, too, is, I mean, not this year because of the weirdness, but, but usually maybe if you have it the same, do, have you been having it pretty much the same month every year? So Just can- about. Yeah, we've usually been a, a summer convention. This year, we bumped it up to the end of May. Hey guys, this is Jordan, the host of the Three E's. A little update. Since recording this episode with Susan, Pop Culture Convention has announced that they are postponing their May 2020 event to October 9th and 10th of the same year. Now back to the show. Just because last year was the first weekend in June and there were a lot of events going on, not just in the state, but within the surrounding states, mm-hmm. that I think adversely affected our attendance. So we, de- we decided to make it a slightly earlier just to hopefully avoid such things. In the future, we might be a spring event, so spring or summer. We just have to see what dates are available at the convention center. Yeah, and you know, usually we don't have a rough winter in Utah. I mean, I grew up in the Chicago area, and people say, oh, it's so cold in Utah, and I'm like, no. 
No, it's not. <laughs> so, uh, so people coming traveling from eastern uh, states and or northern states, they they would be fine coming in spring, even if it was a little on the chilly side. Plus, you have skiers that might want to come and enjoy the snow while we still have it. So, I think springs. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Anyway, well, thank you so much for having me on as a podcast guest. Um, I really have enjoyed talking to you. This is our first time really getting to talk to each other, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, th yeah, thank you for being on it. It's been enjoyable. <laughs>